0: The only thing getting sauced this Thanksgiving is cranberries and me.
1: The only thing getting stuffed this weekend (laughs) is the turkey and me.
0: You guys, that was an iconic... (laughs) because this is an end of the year best, I just have to say. <laughs> iconic, iconic from the start. I'm so excited for a return guest. You guys, you fucking know what show it is. Andy's Girls, episode 267, Jesus, wow. literal Jesus Christ. Uh, and I am so excited for a return guest the People's People's Couch. You know him as actor, comedian, writer on Big Mouth. He's back to talk to this Big Mouth, Chatty Cathy. Welcome back, Joel Kim Booster. Hi. How are Hello. you? I'm
1: so good. I mean, we are really living through such an amazing moment in Housewives. Like, we're it's a, it's it really does feel like you know how the MCU does like different um, eras, basically phases. Um, sure, sure, yes. yeah. Um, she says some of your some of your <laughs> listenership might know that and we're we're in like phase four basically of the mcu and it feels like we're in like a new phase of housewives right now like we you know like there are different eras to um sort of what where, where we're at and it feels like we're in a really good place we're in we're entering a really interesting fun era of housewives right now and i'm excited
0: Do you think it's possible to compare current Housewives with like golden era, OG style, scary island? Uh, LVP Taylor Mishagas dinner party from hell housewives is it possible Andy went uh on was he on radio Andy or watch what happens or whatever and he said that the episode that we saw last week was mm-hmm. one of the top five episodes of all time Absolutely. do you think it is possible to compare the eras against each other or cumulatively
1: um you know what I I and i do I, I mean in terms of like sheer entertainment value sure i yeah. i think that like if we're just basing it on watchability then yes last week um definitely is in the top five but mm-hmm. here's where i'll say like the difference between last week and scary island last yeah. week on salt lake and scary island is that it does feel like the stakes are so much higher now in in what in the draw in what the we are sort of focusing the drama around in a way that like that's what makes it feel like we're it's completely different like someone else said it recently um on a different podcast but um I think it was bitch sesh but they were talking about how like housewives is now a true crime um Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's now like we aren't we we are now in the era of housewives where we are on our second documentary about a housewife and her crimes like abc news is now breaking down <laughs> what the arrests of of famous housewives and and the legal woes of of housewives and that is like i mean that's that that is crazy it is wild that this is where we are at now
0: I mean sidebar speaking of wild is there literally no one else on the face of the earth that will go on the record about a housewife and crime other than Dana Pam why is Dana (laughs) Pam like you it's prestige to have ABC News doing an investigative documentary style piece on like Erica and Jen it adds so much credibility not that it's required like take pride in being a Bravo-holic but Then you put Dana Pam in there, and it's like, what are we doing, guys? Was there no one else?
1: It really is. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're just sort of, it it doesn't make any sense. But honestly, it makes all the sense, too, at the same time. It It does. um, And I'm, I'm happy for her at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> it's the best I yeah. mean I'll, whenever this whenever someone's arrested she's like this is the best day of my entire yeah. life. And you know it does make sense in some ways that she does speak on behalf of bravo celebrities who have been arrested because she has been both. Yeah. A bravo you know element of bravo talent there somewhere hiding and someone who pled guilty to fraud yeah. right like insurance mm-hmm. fraud or something so good for her i mean maybe i should be more reliant on her expertise because i think we all forget that maybe we just need to bring that up she's a little been bit
1: there more. and back yeah
0: she has been there and back and it's an odd it is <laughs> i guess it's like an invigorating time to be talking about this through the lens of crime because When you think about the tree and Joe of it all, where Teresa went to camp for however many months because she essentially signed a document to Erica Jane, who the question is whether or not did she know, did she not, but has never been charged Mm -hmm. or credibly accused of committing right. any kind not of- criminally
1: culpable for anything that happened
0: right not criminally culpable and we'll see what happens from like a civil perspective and then there's Jen, Jen who Shaw. was the ringleader yeah. of a multi-year federal criminal conspiracy I don't know that crime be crime and can get any higher than that
1: no and this is the thing like Ter- we were talking about this last night when we were watching it, and it is like, Teresa and Joe's crimes, they were right. defrauding the government, and it's like, who yeah, cares? Yeah, like a bank. It's yeah, fine. it's like, it's I don't fine. give a shit, okay? Right. Like, they, you know, and they, they paid for their crimes. Great. Um, You know, Erica and Tom, that gets a little bit muddier, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a little money with what, you know, how, you know, Erica's involvement in it and how much she knew, blah, blah, blah. And now we've reached the point where Chen Cha is literally defrauding the elderly mm-hmm. vulnerable people. And it's like it's like, it I know I actually do know where we can go from here and where we are going from here. Because this is the thing. The next phase of Real Housewives that we oh want to and we're we're sort of tiptoeing to the edge of it already.
0: Oh no. I'm scared.
1: Is it makes complete sense That the entire this entire franchise has been building towards our first cult leader. And that is what we're getting. Uh... And Mary Cosby, who is at once, and I've said this other places, I mean, terrifying, um, gross, uh, really, really scary. But one of the most important housewives we've ever had. Keep her on the TV. I need to see it but also keep her away from me and my family, you know? Like, uh, it it is so scary, but it also makes so much sense that, of course, this entire franchise has been building towards having a cult leader. It makes so much sense.
0: It is also just wildly insane that Jen is arrested, essentially adjacent to being on camera Mm -hmm. for this whole federal mischagast, And we have the cast reaction to that, shock, denial, disgust, despair. I mean, that's a three fear. Of those are. Fear for fear of culpability. Fear of
1: culpability. <laughs>
0: like. fear of culpability um, recognition yeah. of the fact that, you know, legal experts are experts in legal, which is a move forward from Beverly Hills, where it's like, wow, did you guys know that a lawyer practices law? Like, that's new information. Mm-hmm. It's, it's understood that I will call between one and six lawyers. And, you know, we saw the six being called. Yeah. And it's wild to see the reaction to that take place. And during the same episode, the same episode, introduce how are you different in how you process Jen versus Mary? Mm -hmm. Because there is a huge difference. What difference? What do you account for that? Like, how do you process
1: it. Well, I, I think that it's it's about sort of like what, what they know and don't know about Mary yet. You know, like mm. I think um, this is the, I mean, this is the thing that we were observing last night that was so strange is that it is so clear that Meredith has such a good grasp and handle on what is going on with Jen and it feels mm-hmm. like she is really you know, on the right side of history in terms of the Gen Shah of it all. And yet she seems so mired in, like, loyalty to Mary in a way that makes her seem crazy. And, like, here's the thing. Uh, I, we might differ on this, I think, but as far as I'm concerned, give Meredith the middle snowflake.
0: Um, Oh, you're I'm same. Okay, great, great. I I think she you're in a safe space. She
1: really has. I think she took the note. She has taken notes since last season. I I think that Mm -hmm. they all sort of have upped their game now that they've seen themselves on camera and understand what parts they're playing within the universe of Salt Lake City. And Meredith, especially, like she is still giving us like disengaged energy, but she's mm-hmm. she's diving in a little bit more. She's ratcheted it up. She's turned the volume up in a way that I think is important. Um, and I, I I can't tell how much of her loyalty to Mary is her is, is sort of like her understanding that she needs to like. that someone needs to be okay with Mary? I don't know. I don't know. But it is so bizarre to see this woman who seems so intelligent and so on the ball with Jen Shaw be so wrapped up in her loyalty to Mary M. Cosby.
0: Yeah, I feel like with Meredith and the Meredith-Mary dynamic, there is a difference between denial and silence. Mm. And I cannot figure out for the life of me an understanding of the reality behind how Meredith is processing Mary. And it's unfair to Meredith because we have such an obvious decision on camera that she has made about Jen. So my brain only functions through the lens of like, I'm watching you lose your fucking mind about Jen defrauding a vulnerable population, and yet isn't Mary doing the same thing when you are telling people god will only love you if you give me 100k or whatever it is how is that not defrauding or taking advantage of or manipulating a vulnerable population you are you are monetizing someone's faith and you're also using it against them as if to say that you don't care enough about god for tithing 106% like What is the difference there?
1: Yeah, and she was on, Meredith was on Watch What Happened last night, Mm -hmm. and Andy sort of point-blank asked her, he was like, well, what about this guy who mortgaged his house to give her $300,000? And she was Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, I've run charity events where people have donated a million dollars, and is it crazy that someone would donate $300,000? And it's like, maybe not, but like, it is crazy that someone would mortgage their house to do that. Like
0: yeah she went on do you watch the after show for Salt Lake
1: I I, I, I I see clips sometimes but I haven't I didn't watch it last night
0: the newest one is a literal 30 minutes long it is a full essentially bonus episode of Salt Lake and oh. she goes on a f- it's so bad for Meredith it's great for me just like watching it I'm like holy fucking shit. She goes on that exact same idea and says, I see no, essentially I see no problem with someone donating a large sum of money because it's for charity. What's wrong with that? When you think about Angie's party, she goes, somebody donated a million dollars. Does that mean that Angie Harrington is a cult leader? And I'm thinking like, do you genuinely believe this? That someone who cannot afford to mortgage their house is doing so, that that is the same exact same scenario as a multi multi multi-millionaire donating at a charity event. She continues to give this kind of narrative style thinking, which is like incredibly selective and I would say, super disingenuous and yet yeah she she's she's really really tying
1: herself into knots to defend mary and it's i I don't understand it because she's an extreme i think she's she's one of our more intelligent housewives quite honestly and i don't understand why I, i will say though it is exciting because i think like the more she digs her heels in on this the more explosive the eventual schism will be between that those two people and i'm I can't wait. I don't know if we'll get it this season. It doesn't feel like we'll get it this season. But next season, I mean, Mary is insane. She is one of our most unusual, insane housewives I think we've ever seen traipse across the screen. And Mm -hmm. I think like it'll be really exciting to see Meredith go head to head. You know what I also think, though, is we are building towards a Mary or excuse me, a a Meredith and Lisa split That's exactly what I was thinking it really is like it it is gonna be so on one hand it's gonna be so sad because they are like a real friendship that has been mm-hmm. like a decade-long friendship but on the other hand that makes it all the more exciting to see it I mean. dissolve in real time because of the cameras.
0: The stakes are very high. We saw them shoot the shit at Shabbat. There are the only (laughs) good Shabbat to come out of Rava this year. So kudos to them. Um, But we saw, we have seen this tense atmosphere that continues to surround them because these are two women who have been in each other's lives for a significant period of time before housewives now they're on a TV show and I think they're both trying to navigate not just like their reputations, I guess, but what are their priorities when it comes to being on camera? Is it to protect each other? Do you just assume that that will happen so you can have these like quasi superficial, which isn't a judgment, but just like the top layer of skin style arguments with each other because you know that you'll come back in support or Are you taking each other for granted? Because they do seem to be going on a path right now that is incredibly divisive. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you get back from this.
1: I I really do think that it comes down to, I think especially for Lisa, you can tell it really spun her out, the fan reaction Mm -hmm. to her after Mm -hmm. the the first season. Like, the reunion was really uh, interesting because it was the first time that you had got to see these women – see what roles America had cast for them after Amen. the first season and Lisa being cast as a a low key villain a bully even um in the first season especially finding you know seeing Whitney or and or Heather mm-hmm. become like a major fan fave it was really fascinating to see it really did bother her and sort of spin her out in a big way and you know I don't know that I don't necessarily think that Meredith um came out like super strong after season one she had some good moments Uh, you know i I think she was a pretty uh, the the fan base was pretty split on meredith i think there were a lot of people who were like yes queen we love give us go girl give us nothing and i was (laughs) definitely in that camp um and there was a lot of people that were sort of like okay she's giving us nothing this is boring we don't like her um but i do think that she came up ahead of lisa and i think that like both, I, I think Lisa is sensing that, and I think it is probably a big reversal for Lisa and Meredith's relationship. Because I think you, you sort of can tell that in their relationship, Lisa has been like the gregarious, popular, like mm-hmm. at, you know, sort of the center of attention, and and Meredith has probably like sort of been taking the beta role of like stepping back, doesn't need it as much as Lisa does, and you're seeing, I think, the 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 show really. Put a wedge in between them in a a big way because of that popularity and and stuff like that. And I'll say, too, I I was wrong about Heather in a big way, because this is what I said at the beginning of the season is after her reunion performance. I said this is this happens to a lot of gals on these shows. Mm -hmm. They get they have a good season and then they go into the next season high on their own supply in a way that brings them down ultimately I think we saw it with Leanne Locken um that she had a really good season and then her next season she had a really racist season you know um Mm -hmm. and and you you can't you just can't rest on your laurels and you can't say I had a good season people love me I can do whatever I want and I sort of thought you know I I was sort of turned off a little bit by some of Heather's behavior in the reunion last season and I thought well, this is going to be—it's going to be a tough second season for her. I was wrong. Heather really has held on to what I think has made her beloved, and I think
0: oh, that's where you're going. Yeah,
1: and I think um, I think that she has really cemented herself as one of the premier every women of any of the franchises. She really is a great audience surrogate. I think she really does. Say a lot of the things and react in a lot of the ways. Like she does seem like a plant. She seems like a normal lady plant in the middle of these. Like, and it's and sometimes it's a little labored. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't need to hear her commentary on every food issue mm-hmm. in every episode. You know, like mm-hmm. every time there's a spread, she's like, we got to get her. You know, her commentary on the food. I don't. I don't. I don't need it every time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um it seems a little self-aware but I do think that she is really like she does she I was wrong she does seem very natural in herself and sort of like lovely
0: um I actually genuinely agree with that I thought I was I thought I was gonna have a different perspective of her first season two based on her reunion performance which I felt like Was a little much. She was at a twelve when I needed her at a seven. These girls, these
1: girls get the Rihanna follow, and it really mm -hmm. does changes everything. Change everything.
0: Changes everything. And I think what's actually helpful. This is going to sound super fucked up, but welcome to AG. I think what's actually super helpful is that she says things about Jen. And her reaction and support of Jen that I so vehemently disagree with and I'm very appreciative yeah. that she says because otherwise it would be too spot on. Like we need to have some layers here to navigate of like this person is making choices that I don't agree with. Otherwise, it what would there be? You cannot right. be so much of a voice of the audience that you become a vessel. I still need to see you flaws and all. And I think we're going to see that not only with her continued support, quasi quote unquote supportive Jen, but also how she responds to the Mary of it all. I think it's, she has a complicated reaction, which Mm -hmm. is sort of helpful for her and to her.
1: Yeah. I I mean, uh, Heather's reaction to the Jen stuff is also sort of, inexplicable in the same way that Mm Meredith's reaction to the Mary stuff is. And it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I mean, but it is like useful in terms of the show. Like they're all, it's, it's nice that they are all sort of like aligning in ways that is helpful for the narrative of the show. You know, like it's always very difficult when like you, you, you sort of put these ladies in a corner where suddenly no one is on their side and no, it, it, it makes the show less interesting when it becomes that. And it's impossible to watch in a certain way. I mean, to, it happened with Leanne. It was like no one's on your side and it's bo- it's like it's not fun to watch, you know, a pylon uh essentially. And so there does need to be some people in Jen's corner. And and for it to be one of the most likable housewives on the cast this season really does make it all the more interesting.
0: What do you think about Lisa's Um, continued investigation of all things Mary how much of that if at all do you think is a reaction to what we're talking about to some you know bad weather coming her way last season and and the thoughts that she was a bully do you think how how has that if at all influenced what she's doing right now
1: I think she's really She's doing some baby LVP maneuvers this season, and, oh. and she is really orchestrating. It, it's so interesting. It, it, what, what Heather said about her last night, I think, was really apt, is that like, she, she doesn't want to say the thing. She doesn't want it, mm-hmm. but she wants, she wants to sort of line up all the dominoes so that somebody else will say the thing. Because it's like, mm-hmm. it was so orchestrated, bringing that guy to her fresh wolf party, and then setting Meredith up to talk to him, like you can see, it's like she's not she's not nearly as effective at it as it at it as LVP was, mm-hmm. but you can see she's trying to play a little bit puppet master. Like she really, until backed into the corner last night, she was not willing to come out on record as knowing something about Mary, even more so than um than you know what she are what she had already said. And so I I think that she is trying to sort of whip up a narrative for herself that is not to do with heather and whitney and i think that's smart um do i think that she's doing like a great job of it no <laughs> not necessarily but i'm happy that she is uh, i mean somebody needs to do it somebody needs to be the detective i think it's really fascinating
0: and she does seem to have this like extremely close or respect uh, filled with respect and um supportive understanding relationship with this person cameron who we know since filming very unexpectedly and sadly passed away uh which is going to be i think a little bit of a trip to grossville when it comes to god for who only who knows how mary is going to discuss this man at the reunion when it's not gonna be good It's It's not going (laughs) to be good. It's going to be pretty bad. It's not going to be good. It's
1: going to (laughs) be terrifying, I find. I, I really do think.
0: Yeah. And I also think, like, she really does, for whatever reason, she's bringing this to the show, I do think there is the possibility that she's doing it because she does think it will bring value not only to, like, the conversation or whatever, and also that, she will get some amount of credit for starting because so many people were so upset online about the idea that this shit was happening. Nobody had any idea in the Bravo community and the thought that maybe it wasn't going to be addressed and who's going to bring it up. And Lisa decided to be that person and also is doing it through her friendship with someone who there seems to be a lot of mutual respect. It seems to be, you know, she seems genuinely dedicated to getting his story, um, to these other women aka the world she just doesn't want to be the one to tell it she's like i'm gonna be the narrator but i would rather not read the book so you got i'm gonna leave the book here and i'm gonna guide you to it and i'm gonna say maybe read the chapter but i can't be the one to read it aloud which is that is a tough that's a tough kind of road to navigate especially when the person that you're talking about is a fellow cast member. Like, there's a lot here. I wonder if Lisa had a conversation with anybody about, like, who's going to be on my side? Or maybe, do we think that she assumed that the other women would?
1: Yeah, it's so strange because we just don't... Mary is such an odd person. Mm -hmm. And I really don't understand like we're being told constantly that like she's such a good friend like Meredith says like she was such a good she's such a good friend to me and Whitney's like I love I love Mary so much and like all of this stuff and like we just didn't really get a sense of like Mary's connection to any of these women last season mm-hmm. she was just sort of this like odd ethereal, ethereal presence sort of hiding in this closet for the most part and like I just don't understand I don't see what they see. Like, she is one of the strangest housewives that has ever been cast. And I, I just don't get... We have never seen on camera any of the the things that would make these women be loyal to her. And so it's really hard. It's confusing. I will say it made... So, it, uh, these editors are genius. They really do deserve all the flowers. Because, like, having Mary show up to the party last night being so sour and so weird and so... Mm psycho and then to flash back to Meredith asking her about this man, it it made all the sense in the world. It's like, of course she's off. Of course she's being weirder than normal because she's she knows, you know, that like now this is sort of coming to a head. Like she's gonna have to deal with these rumors and she's nervous. I, I again she is terrifying. Like she will have someone killed by the end before this show is over. I have no doubt in my mind
0: i do think there is some sort of similarity between the cast reaction to mary and some of the cast reaction to erica in the sense that like this person is screaming at you or saying these nasty terrible Mm -hmm. things and your response is to be like but i am your good friend or in the case of whitney i do love you like you're saying these things and yet you're also telling us in confessionals that she sent you like stream of consciousness hate mail in texts. Like, why do we not why are we listening to her while telling her how much we care? Like what you're not pushing back at all because or or you do in the moment and yet you're doing that to fight for a friendship that I from the beginning don't understand yeah like friends don't say to friends like you're ugly you look old I look better yeah than you, you Why need would you the plastic tell this surgery you love her? yeah me. it
1: is it, it is so bizarre really really strange
0: Who do you think is going to come out of this on top? When it comes to the end of the season, obviously there was such an overwhelmingly positive reaction to all things Heather Gay. Do you think that there is a shining star to come out of this? I mean, we both, I think, are on the same page about Meredith being the center snowflake, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's, you know, going to be the people's choice at the end of this.
1: Yeah, you know, it is interesting. I think it's still a little up in the air um, in a really fascinating way. I, I said this last night. I, and I did, I really. This show is so great because it has surprised me in ways that a lot of the franchises hasn't really surprised me recently. I think this is one of the strongest first season casts that we've seen in a long time. I agree. I think all. I think they all are all actually vital. And and I or I remember watching the first couple of season episodes of last season and being like, oh, I don't. I think Whitney's probably going to be done after a season do I need you know um, Lisa you know is Meredith going to give anything and they've all really risen to become completely vital like I, I just like everybody's had a moment in these last couple of episodes that has been so entertaining and so interesting and just like made it uh, it seemed like they, they just we can't go on without them now Jenny mm-hmm. I just I think Jenny probably peaked When she grabbed for Jen's snack bag. That was extremely important. What she did. Um, And she should be lauded for that. And she will be remembered for that. She will be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that she has given it all that she can give. By giving that snack bag. And I I just... um, (laughs) I don't think we need her back. Here's the interesting thing, though, and I'm sure you've heard, that they are trying to do what they did with that one season of Jersey and start filming season three before they've even right shot the, re- the reunion.
0: Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though the trial doesn't start until March?
1: I think they're trying to get as much Jen Shaw in as they can. And so what I wonder is what they'll if they will have to keep Jenny again, because it would be too weird to shoot a reunion yeah. with Jenny, but not have Fire her be filming. Her. <laughs> yeah, in during the the you know the weird season three parts. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know if the, I I don't actually know if they're gonna be able to start doing that. But that is what I had read is that their production is trying to start season three before we've even shot the reunion.
0: Well, I mean the math of it all. We're at episode whatever. I feel like we're probably halfway there so we'll be in the reunion i guess january yeah let's say i could be getting this completely um wrong but Stu is sent is being sentenced at the beginning of march his sentencing has been scheduled it was scheduled when he um spoiler alert pled guilty mm-hmm. big shock it's actually sort of a, a decent-sized shock um in the sense of him pleading out so quickly but jen's trial is scheduled to start in march so If they started shooting, I don't know how soon before the reunion airing they would start shooting versus when the reunion is actually being filmed, but I would assume that they would want to cover as much of the trial as humanly possible because, like, who's flying in for that? Like, is that going to be the cast trip? Like, let's go to New York and yeah. like, see what's happening.
1: Well, uh, that might be why they, the they want to get in as destroyed. much before the trial. Cause if Jen is in New York, I wonder if they're either going to, tr- oh, how much they're going to try. That's
0: such a good point.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And also, you know what? Who knows if this will even go to trial. Like she might plead out. Especially yeah, was, if Stu flipped yeah. on her. Mm hmm. She might be backed into this corner where she doesn't have much of a choice.
0: I mean, I totally agree with you when you think about the reality here, but... The reality TV side of Jen Shaw is that I think she's actually comfortable making decisions that don't play well for her legally if they extend her journey on Housewives. Maybe she is thinking this is a good investment if I'm already going to be fucked so that I know that I have a job maybe when I come back or whatever that is. I. I don't know that she is willing to step outside of this because it does appear she hasn't listened to any of her legal counsel. I mean, she got arrested and went on social media talking about how rich she was, glam shots. She's done a lot of things. She's continued filming, obviously. She's made decisions that you would think she's being counseled against doing. So I wouldn't be surprised if she continues to participate in this up until the very last...
1: Yeah, yeah
0: moment that she uh,
1: can. I, I mean, I think there's probably only a handful of Housewives that have um, not filmed this show, despite it being in their best interest mm-hmm. to do so. You know, like, mm-hmm. I would say almost all of them come out worse for wear <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> uh, other than like a handful of the uh, the true Supremes. But like, um, yeah, so she wouldn't be the first, but I don't know. We'll find out.
0: She does also on the after show double down on this phone call and say when she answered and says hi sweetie or whatever it was she's like it was it was coach shaw's phone but it was his assistant which sidebar this poor fucking assistant's now being dragged into this shit it was his assistant and i think thought that maybe because he had a medical appointment and it's so hard to get Coach out of the doctor, I thought that something had happened and he would need a procedure. And I'm still not understanding where internal bleeding comes into – like, that is a very specific circumstance. She's tripling down on this in a way that, like, listen, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on TV. What – why would she not say – someone told me something was coming like does that really truly harm her legally I-, I think it
1: does and I think that she like lis- she she told the lie and I think she has to stick with the lie I don't think she has yeah. a choice like I, I uh, she, she has to she can't look like tell. a liar she can't yeah. look
0: yeah because if it, yeah, because if she looks like a liar at this point, at the biggest, most important crisis point for her, maybe ever, when it comes to finding out that this stuff is heading down the pike, like wh- how does that affect her when it comes to, listen, um, this is all a conspiracy against me and I'm totally innocent. And um, Stu's maybe guilty, but what he does on his own personal time that absolutely involves me is on him. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work out for I don't know how continuing on this show is in any is doing anything but like tripling down on harming her defense and yet you know if she was really interested in protecting whatever semblance of freedom she has she wouldn't have gone on reality TV to begin with. So how is this in any way surprising?
1: Yeah. No, it's true. I don't know.
0: And she'll be back next season.
1: Hopefully. Fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed I don't think she's gonna plead I think the most obvious thing I think she will be backed into a corner and she's just gonna stand there she's gonna be backed into a corner and be like oh look there's a corner but you can fit a small camera in this tiny space like I think that's what's gonna happen yeah
1: I mean I would love to see our first housewife with a snowflake but in jail you know um I mean we if they can do yeah I mean just keep her on the cast keep her on the cast Film with her in jail. I, I love it.
0: I wonder if Coach Shaw is ever gonna appear in this ever I again. I can't imagine.
1: I just can't imagine.
0: And he's a lawyer. He was a crim- wasn't he a criminal defense attorney? Or maybe not criminal defense, but he was a personal injury, maybe. He a lawyer for many I mean peers. that seems
1: like a scam, so yeah, that tracks.
0: <laughs> I just I honestly feel bad for him. I, except like sir. Yeah, I mean, he's—he was
1: one of our hottest and seemingly yeah. most um, down-to-earth house husbands, um, and to lose him like this is really tragic.
0: And also on the heels of her talking about the fact that they're like at the center of their family, the outer circles of their family structure, they are seen as sort of the guiding light there, and they almost split they almost divorced in the span between season one and now and it's like well god if you had the pressure on you before she's saying they're stronger than ever because he's supporting her but it's like is he really supporting you or is he trying to get as much of this family intact as possible for the kids like i don't know where one part of this ends and the other begins except you know i don't know what could help a relationship more than someone going to federal prison like how does that make sense yeah. I don't I don't totally get it it's it's wild um, but I guess it is a, to be continued like nothing else I mean it makes sense that they would continue to film because who knows what is going to happen and if we're going to talk about tip-offs I would assume that Jen is going to give a heads up to production if she if and when she chooses to Not go to trial, yeah. You know, I mean, my God, I do have to say, I thought last night Salt Lake City was possibly even more interesting than the week before. And well, they'll get crazy,
1: Sarah. I mean, like
0: I do think a little. Don't you think a little? It was. the mayor, the introduction of Mary Meredith being a fucking nut when it comes yeah, to that, and I, I, also being so powerful. I, Jen, I, I,
1: I I will say it. it was like I was expecting a real crash, like uh, sort of a mm. Molly come down. You know, um, just <laughs> that's because like last week was like taking Molly. It was like a, a real like rush to to all of the pleasure centers of my brain, mm-hmm. and I was expecting this week to sort of like come crashing down. It's really hard to sort of come out of a high high like that and and yeah. sort of gently sort of land back on earth and i thought they did a good job it was it was an interesting enough episode that um i felt like it was a good transition out of sort of the high highs that we had and it seems like we're going back up into the atmosphere with mary next week so it will be i i think it was it was definitely good um and fun but it was not top five
0: I mean, I really fucking loved it. I felt like I was like raring to go. I mean,
1: we're grading on a different curve with these ladies. We really are. I mean, compared compared to like sort of the 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 low lows that we ended out Beverly Hills with. um, Mm -hmm. I I also think like, you know, I kept seeing the Orange County trailer last night and I was like, Heather is not enough. Heather is not enough enough." to play that trailer in the midst of a Salt Lake City episode. I was like, you just can't. You can't do that, and expect us to be excited to watch these bozos. No.
0: <laughs> Did you watch last season of OC?
1: Um, I dipped in and out. I I watched the reunion. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot. Um, and uh, and that's usually what I will touch down on with any franchise, even the uh-huh. ones that I don't watch regularly. As I like to dip in with the reunions, but um, yeah, it just it's not. It's not it, it's really not mm-hmm. it, and I don't think the answer is being back Vicky and Tamara. I really don't. I think like I, I think it's time to take OC behind the barn. I really do. I think oh, we've got really? i I think we've squeezed that orange for all the juice it can give, and I think we need to let it go.
0: well, I do feel like we're going down that path of putting shows on pause because Dallas is like either rest in peace or you know just somewhere at in some point in time just being left there for a for a significant yeah. period of time it became too much too chaotic too much of a crisis behind the scenes that they were like let's just take this out back then there's new york which is on seemingly an indefinite pause it is possible that some of these og franchises of which there's really only one yeah listen
1: there's 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 a finite amount of real estate
0: mm-hmm.
1: for yeah these shows on Bravo and if you're not bringing it then you gotta go because there are other cities waiting in the wings okay there's this the peacock spillover of it all it's like bring off some of these ladies off the fucking peacock bench and put them on primetime Andy because these Um, some if you're not bringing it then get off primetime go go you know simmer down in the peacock room for a while and let the real pros take control. I just you know, I just don't see it. And here's what I'll say about New York.
0: Mm. I
1: I actually think the reason that we are taking a season off from New York okay. because they are going to fire Ebony and they did not want it to be a thing. And they think that if they give us distance between the next season, enough time passes that it'll go quietly and that it won't be as big of a, a deal as it was.
0: I don't disagree with you and I've also been like hearing some stuff that I find incredibly confusing that maybe we'll talk about offline what do you think would happen in addition to that if that were to take place if she was not returning in some capacity do you think that there that would be a part of a large call
1: see I I don't know because like it, it does it feels extremely wrong to get rid of Ebony and not get rid of Ramona too. And I will say I, mm-hmm. I haven't been watching I'm not caught up on Ultimate Girls Trip. I think it's fine. I think it's very interesting. I think it's a different What
0: episode? What episode? Um
1: I, I just two. finished two. Yeah, um,
0: wait until four. Circle back after four. Yeah. You're gonna lose your mind, I think.
1: And okay. um I think it's a different beast entirely. I love mm-hmm. the sort of pullback of the curtain. I love them mm-hmm. sort of Really talking about the experience of being a housewife in a way that you can't really we don't want to see on on a normal season. Mm-hmm. but the way this show and Andy protects Ramona is so it's I've reached my limit with it because like it is even just going to, so far like obviously they are still showcasing her horrible behavior. but like the calling Kenya Porsche of it all. To then sort of do, like, a montage of, like, being like, see, she does this with all people. And it was a really weak sort of point A, point B. Like, I I, I will say Kenya gave her a lot of grace in that situation. I think they all did. Um, but, like, we know Ram- Ramona's a racist. We know she's a horrible. Like, it's just, like, in this in this year, Our Lord 2021, I just don't need to see that on my TV. You know, I would rather see Mary M. Cosby, a literal cult leader, taking advantage of, you know, dimwits in her congregation Mm. than Ramona right now. It's just too much.
0: And, you know, the reunion didn't happen. And there was a lot of feedback that that didn't happen because they had this property coming out and they wanted to position it as best they could. And they were doing this because maybe New York was in a such such a dark place that they knew it would be a fucking shit show and unsalvageable. And also they knew that Ramona was going to be on this spinoff. And yet there is a part of me, even though this is sort of counterintuitive, that wonders regardless of the New York reunion not taking place is it possible that they are positioning Ramona on this spin-off in such a way that she will get sort of a generous goodbye that like the spin-off is her is her It does
1: feel package? a little bit like a swan song, yeah, I agree. Um, right? I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's true or if it's wishful thinking. I, I could yeah. see it, but same, same. I will say that uh, Ultimate Girl Strip is really doing a lot for Lou. It's interesting who's oh, coming God. out on top. Tel- Kenya has never seemed more normal. Melissa is <laughs> seeming very fun. Like I, I like Kyle more than I've. Liked her in the last couple seasons of Beverly Hills. It's sort of reminding me of what was great about Kyle in the first place. Cynthia is weirdly coming off so strange and socially awkward and and not reading. Teresa is sort of a non-entity in general, which is interesting. Um, and again, like um, Ramona is, you know, looking ter- more worse for wear. I, I would see, I, I think it's either going to be an entire call. um l- it's interesting, Leah. Speaking of somebody who had a great first, uh, great season, and then came in high on their own supply and sort of ruined 100%. it for themselves, it's uh, Leah McSweeney. Uh, I, I would love to see Dorinda back. I'll say it. I would love to see Dorinda back.
0: And yet, and Jill's on the B team. They're both on the B team. I know. They like have this A team and the B team, and I don't know what the being on the B team does as far as play for Dorinda because it's going to be like Chaos Incorporated over in the Berkshires, but.
1: I, I do I, think that like know. they either need to do a full call or really bring back some heavy hitters. I, I just don't know what to do. I mean, New York should be a slam dunk. There are enough interesting people characters in New York that it should be a slam dunk. I don't know why they're struggling so but
0: um, I do want to pivot a little bit yeah. because talking about a slam dunk, part three of Potomac. Oh.
1: When I found out it was a four parter, I did not know. I thought it was only three parts. And I was so relieved. Um, I do think this one was was amazing, grading on on Uh the curve of all of it. But I do think that it was, uh, I don't know that we ever need four parts for these things. I mean, I'm grateful for it. I do think that this is making a better case for four parts than Beverly Hills Mm -hmm. did, certainly. (gasps) Really? Um, Yeah. I I don't think that, I think Beverly Hills really felt padded after the initial Garcelle and stuff it really did become uh sort of stretched thin we kept sort of dipping in and out of erica in a way i i wasn't enter- huh. i wasn't fully entertained by okay. all four parts of beverly hills in a way that i have been with potomac um but yeah I, um it is it is um an interesting it was interesting um so i watched with um Friend of the pod, Matt Rogers. Um, Love and, Matt
0: Rogers.
1: And uh, a couple, and our friend Jared, and then my boyfriend came, and he's never seen an episode of Real Housewives. Oh my god. Um, um and I sidebar a
0: chaotic choice. I will say part three of the I know a <laughs> chaotic choice. he I,
1: I I will say, um, it is almost as much fun describing to him the the last episode of Salt Lake City before last week, uh, this week, as it was to watch it to just like sit in bed and be like and then you see through the windows of the bus <laughs> law enforcement pull into the beauty lab and laser parking lot you know it is so mm-hmm. it's, it's I, i'm actually kind of glad he doesn't watch so that i had i was able to do that um but it's really interesting to see him watch this reunion and sort of um really pick up on like all the things that you'd want mm-hmm. him to pick up on um although i will say he sort of he was like I was like, oh, okay, who are your favorite? During like the middle of a commercial break. And he was like, that one on the end. And it was Ashley Darby. And it was like, <gasps> wow. I was like, listen, I was like, has Ashley ever looked better? No. She looks stunning. Phenomenal. 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 But do I think her time on this show has come to an end? I Shut
0: up. No, you don't.
1: She gave she us nothing. all she gave us nothing. She, I I do, like, the only thing that Ashley Darby is bringing to this show is her disgusting husband, and I am through. I do not need to see Michael Darby's face on my television, my flat screen 55-inch television <laughs> ever again. Um.
0: All Michael heard were inches in that yeah. <laughs> episode, by the way. He's listening right now. It is
1: now. so clear that Andy... This isn't the thing about this reunion, though. I do think that it... I I don't know if we've ever seen Andy play favorites in a more clear way in a reunion than he has this reunion.
0: With... In regard to who? I
1: think he's shown a lot of deference to Ashley. I think he clearly right. loves Giselle. I think he clearly yeah. loves Karen. I think yeah. that, like... Listen, I'm not a team Zen when full dyed in wool. Like, Matt is, like fully in on, on Zen Wen. Yes. Like he's bought the candles, like he five hundred dollars worth he of is there, product. like slid in the DMs. Like yes. he really loves Wendy in a way that like I, I'm sort of split. I, I do think Wendy really stepped it up this season and is like mm-hmm. fun to watch, but I, I, I'm not quite there. I will say and this is a really unpopular opinion. I know you're going to say something I'm going to
0: hate. I know you're going to hate it. I know, I know you're going to hate it. I know you're going to hate it. It's and fine.
1: I'm going to say it anyways. It's fine. It's, you Candace Dillard down. has carried this season on her back. She has become one of the most important housewives to this franchise. Love her or hate her. This show needs Candace Dillard. And I get it. I get it. I get where you're coming from. I see the look in your eye. But... She needs to be there. And this is the thing I will say. I do think the the double standard with Karen and Giselle, Karen literally calling her a broken <laughs> whore, mental health, alcoholic, all the terrible things that she said, I do not see a difference between what Candace says and what Karen has said about Giselle and what Giselle has said about Karen. It is strange to me that there is is such a well, weird... I, I don't know. It does seem strange to me that people hold her to such a different standard than these other women. I,
0: I hear you. And I do have sort of a response to okay, that. And let's first off, it. I'm so appreciative for your thoughts because I do not agree with them. And that's my favorite <laughs> thing to hear. Truly, I knew you were going to say it. I, stopped your and I started giving you eyes and I went to my own internal safe space. But I do have to say, when Karen says these crazy things about Giselle and when Giselle rest in pieces, Ray, or whatever, or wears the t-shirt that says tax fraud or like pay your bills or whatever else. While they are wild things to say, I think both women know not to step past the point of no return. And as odd as that is to say, I think if you ask Giselle being called a broke down yada, 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 is not past the point of no return. It's just Karen having a moment. And there is a difference between having a moment and being someone who vocably, vocably, vocally, audibly says repeatedly, I am going to come after the thing that I know will hurt you the most. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you feel such spiritual self-harm. And I am going to do it better than anyone else and does not take an ounce of accountability for it she in fact candace and, and that's what i'm talking about candace in fact says i you're just not as good at making someone yeah. feel bad as i am she sticks and it's the landing all, she sticks the landing and it's all the ugliest tropes she body shames fat shames says these has is doing some othering stuff with mia that's incredibly Uncomfortable. Well, I like will she say
1: she really did apologize for what me. she said about Mia's mother.
0: And then also referred to her mother as that at a point under her breath <gasps> during part one. And so she, like sure. She okay. also I,
1: I will say that this the thing that makes Candace iconic to me is the delusion. Is is the way she ties herself to let like when she told Mia that she's, you should have been grateful. <laughs> didn't go. It it is the same when she, uh, in 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 the season when she threw the knife at Ashley. It is the same sort of energy as she was trespassing <laughs> in her home. It is so funny. I just I like I really see her as like a broken human being in a way, okay. and I want to protect her, and I want her on this show. I do. I I hear what you're saying about the differences in their reads, but at the same time. I just, um, I I think it's like a a context thing of like, I don't necessarily think that Candace is always going for what she knows will be the worst thing, because like, and especially in terms of the body shaming of it all, I mean like, Giselle and Karen have spoken so heavily about each other's genitals in a way that it's like...
0: And yet, I know this is a weird thing to say, there is a difference between her talking about someone's vagina, meaning like Karen after Giselle's, and... Candace specifically talking about a new mother and saying wide-bodied. She knows exactly what she is doing. She's looking for the sensitive spot. And for what sure. Kieran is doing is just being a mess. There is a, diff- there's a difference here in the stakes. You are going after the softest spot of a person. I don't mean that literally. You are figuratively going after the softest spot and you are squeezing it. And then because she is in a world like no other and you know there's the mom of it all and obviously her mom not taking accountability I'm sure that inspired Candace's disinterest in it as well and that's a very shortened version of what is a much longer more nuanced and complicated dynamic in history but with Candace it it got to a point where it was really not fun to watch and I say that as someone who does not think she should be Uh, removed from the show any longer. I really appreciate her on the show. There are also moments where she had asides during this part that I was, like, genuinely laughing at. Like, her reaction to Dr. Wendy was iconic. Like, that was wonderful.
1: Oh, well, can also, shocking at the end, to see her stand up for Ashley... To Nicki no, Minaj,
0: I was it. like they were all in such a state of shock. They it
1: really is yeah. like that. It's one of the reasons why Potomac is one of the strongest franchises right now. Is that you really a lot of these women are zigging when you think they're gonna zag. Yeah, like the the ash. And, and actually, I find. The Ashley and Candace relationship to be has grown into being so fascinating because even in the last part when Ashley and Candace were sort of like, yeah, I mean, we can hang out, like we can have fun, like it's mm-hmm. like we can film together. Like that's that is the the nutty thing about them is that like they are both like, yeah, we'll film together. Like they show up to the same events together even after all of this. Like they are still sort of there. It's just it's really it's really interesting. And I'll say one last thing about Candice is that. She does have the best single of any housewife. Like the most.
0: Drive Back is iconic. Drive I've Back is to, a good I mean, song. It's it is, Instagram story theme for the day. Yeah, honestly. it really
1: is like she really did. She did that. Um, and I'm proud of her. Um, do I think it, she has a career? No. Um, but she as sort of based on all of the housewife singles we've ever had, I think she's definitely up there for sure.
0: I mean, also talk about an empathetic moment when Nicki Minaj asks her to sing. Watching that in long form is going to be... I
1: can't wait.
0: It's going to be... Uh, Nicki, this is going to be... I, I, it's just... I can't say the word iconic again because I'm rolling my eyes as I say it, but it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I can't wait. Um, what? I um, Mia, gotta go. Brings nothing. Um,
0: tough, tough.
1: My boyfriend said... I asked him... I was like, what do, what do you think about Mia? And he said... I don't know which one that is. I forgot she was there. <laughs> um, total nonentity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, the husbands—always nice to see the husbands. I do think that there is like an interesting sort of this show has an this franchise, this city has an interesting relationship to the husbands in a way that is like mm. unique to them. It's nice. I love Chris. I really do. Um, I like Eddie. He, Eddie does seem embarrassed of Wendy. Um, as he I should think. be a little bit. I do think that like there is something there. I will say I thought Wendy had a really strong part two and a much weaker part three. Like I, I genuinely do think that her point about that blog was read about by a hundred people and you brought it on a show, a platform watched mm-hmm. by millions, was like one of the better points brought up at a at a reunion in a while. Um, but the the sort of science project board and the. The manila oh folder God. I mean Andy straight up saying to her like I don't think this matters <laughs> it's like really dark <laughs> and sad um not a win for Wendy ultimately
0: what do you think about Wendy's kind of turn uh, almost like her turn of persona this season how are you how are you processing I don't the see it of it all
1: I don't see it as uh, a huge shift. I see it as a natural progression of someone who just saw themselves on TV and is sort of sort of noodling with the dial, like sort of turning the mm-hmm. treble up and turning the bass down and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like just adjusting the things that she thought worked in the last season and sort of, you know, making, a, uh, making adjustments, taking the notes. Maybe she took the wrong notes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think it's like, a huge wild shift, unlike anything we've ever seen on this show. I think that she's um, given a lot, she's been fairly entertaining. I, um, yeah, and I, I, I it'll be interesting to see how she adjusts from here. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I'm glad that she sort of stepped up. I mean, she moved from the end to the next to Andy, yeah. and that's huge. You don't see that happen a lot.
0: You really don't. And I also think, you know, she's on her second season, and what a quasi-shift this has been. And I do think that there's a sort of recalibration that she'll make. And I do also have to say, like, the first two parts were kind of dark for me to watch. I didn't die for them because of some of the Candace of it all, because it felt really tough to watch this person be like, it felt like at some point she was sort of gaslighting the audience as if to say the things that happened didn't really happen but when they did happen i did them better than anyone else and this part was the first part and i know i'm in the minority for that but this part was the first part where i was like enjoying it in a way that i typically always enjoy potomac i felt like there was a spirit there and a vibe there that was really interesting I really appreciated what Candace said about her mom and what mm-hmm. Chris said about his relationship with Candace and the business of it all that was incredibly clarifying and I think the Nikki is going to be the Nikki element I think is actually going to be humanizing for everyone yeah. on that couch maybe most importantly for the purposes of Candace's like time with the Bravo community I think it actually will be Humbling for all of them and helpful for all of them in the eyes of us. Yeah, which I think is is helpful. Uh,
1: uh, one last thing I will say. Tell me is that it really does upset me that Andy would say to Candace, like, "Well, why is everyone telling me to fire you?" And yet doesn't say the same thing to Renna when people <gasps> have. Like the, th- that's what I'm talking about with the favoritism. It's like, yes, clearly he has it like a love for Rena, sure, and I get that. But like we've I you look at Rena's Instagram, you look at Twitter on any given night of any of these reunions or any of these episodes. People want Rena fired just as much if not more than people want Candace fired. I will say that. And it is interesting to me that he doesn't bring it up in the same with the same veracity that he brings it up with Candace
0: and also it's that's such a good comparison holy fucking shit it is also interesting to think about those two because in many ways A big reason that people want Candace fired is because of her behavior off camera, which if you were team Candace, you could maybe argue, sure, it's become a part of the plot now, but that's not necessarily her central role on the show. She should be judged more against what she says on camera. The Rinna stuff is entirely on camera because the little nuggets of sass and whatever she does in her Instagram stories and then her dirty delete, where she pretends it didn't happen because she knows everybody has a screenshot, it's all because of her behavior on camera. Mm -hmm. You would think that would be more of a priority in the eyes of talking about the narrative of audience opinion as, you know, correlating to this season of whichever franchise. Yeah. That's, oh my God, that's an aha moment. That's an A.G. aha moment. And I'm so (laughs) pleased that you said that. Also, you need to come back because I truly die for you. And I actually would appreciate you coming back and us like kind of talking through the Candace of it all Yeah. because I think that that's actually helpful. And I think that you raised some points that are interesting and you did it in a way that didn't feel like you were um, agreeing with her behavior where you're like, there is a, there is a thing here, but also she's a superstar and what's difficult for a lot of people when talking about this is it feels like if you are, Team Candace, you're excusing all of her yeah. shit. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. There's another path to travel that's more complicated and more nuanced. And I think better for everyone involved. Yeah. I think a lot of um, things can
1: be true at the same time.
0: Right? Yeah. So do I. Um, listen, talking about all things true at the same time, die for you. Thought this was a, a, a prestige episode of AG. Can you tell the listeners how to follow you? Some stuff you've got coming. I didn't even get a chance to ask you about Fire Island, yeah. which I am dying to know about. Yeah. My fucking God.
1: I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, everybody can follow me at IHL Kim on all <laughs> social media platforms. Um i wrote and started a movie with Bowen and Yang called Fire Island. That's coming out next mm. summer. So we have a while. I am seeing my first screening of it tomorrow. <gasps> which oh is kind of exciting. God. I'm really nervous. Muzzletop. But yeah. Um oh and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm um I'm shooting a new show for Apple with Maya Rudolph that also comes out next summer. Um and you can watch um Santa Inc., which is a claymation christmas um uh project on hbo max that i did with sarah silverman and seth rogan about sarah silverman trying to become um the first female santa and that's out on december 2nd on hbo max and it's really really fun
0: joel kim booster you are taking over everything <laughs> i think that's unbelievable talk about some prestige projects yeah. my goodness Wow, and also your time on Las Culturistas Yes, yeah, like well. chef's kiss. I mean, die for it. Obsessed. Uh, Listen, guys, follow Joel Kim Booster. And then what the fuck are you doing? Follow me on Instagram at DameGalley, Patreon.com, the single best way to support Andy's Girls. I'll have a bonus Satchel Spectacular up this weekend, Patreon.com slash Andes Girls. Joel Kim Booster thanksgiving is allegedly this week and i'm so thankful for you i'm so thankful
1: for you are you kidding me this is the first podcast i've done in truly months because i just have not felt i had the time or the energy and when you Mm. came calling i said yes i will answer the call i will go to war for sarah
0: can i Please tell you, Joel Kim Booster, that there have been two episodes this year that I was like thinking in my head, especially these are very good episodes. One was with Roxanne Gay and the other was today. So I'm I am honored need to let you know. It's you and Roxanne. Get, talk about people making a difference <laughs> in culture. The two of you are right up there. Uh, guys, I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving, all things considered, and that you are staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.